What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Just having a wonderful day. Those of you watching online, worshiping with us, thank you so much for doing that. Man, I'll tell you what, today's a great day. I don't know if you're new to Grace Church or you've been around the church for a little while, but today is actually Grace Church's birthday. Uh, we're 11 years old, so that's awesome. That's amazing. I know one of, the, one of the things I share is that, you know, starting a church is a lot like starting a business. And, you know, many of you have started businesses. And, and oftentimes, you know, that first couple of years, you're like, man, we can do it. We can push through. But then after the first couple of years, you know, you see a lot of businesses start to fail and struggle. Well, it's the same statistic with churches. So after, you know, year two or three, it's like the, the, the churches start to close and stuff. Uh, but what happens is a, after year like three and five, you know, you, it, it declines again. But what one of the statistics is after you make it past year five and especially year seven, you, you actually begin to show stability and, and have not only you're not just a plant in a, in a community any, anymore, but you're actually established. And so we're 11. Like, what's up? Like, that's awesome. Uh, super exciting for us as a church. Uh, we definitely have felt like we've been established over the last several years, uh, probably five or more. Uh, right from the gate, you know, we wanted to be in this community and see God do amazing things. And so we're so glad that you guys are part of that, uh, part of us, part of the church family. Uh, but when you look at our story, the way it works, I mean, obviously, we meet in a movie theater and we have all, all 11 years. Uh, and that, that's different, that's unique, but that's part of our story. Like, I, I don't know what your story looked like, where you grew up, you know, your childhood and the types of homes you lived in, but they're all different. And it's the same way with churches and, and buildings and facilities. And so this is our story, you know, but I, I'll tell you what, when we do popcorn Sundays, on, you know, that, that's a good thing. The seats here are amazing. And so uh, we're going to take all these seats into our new building with us when we leave. Uh, so I hope, you know, we'll have a, a bring your wrench Sunday, uh, you know, so you can uh, take those out of the floor and stuff. But that's just part of our story. You know, us meeting in a movie theater is different. You know, you've probably invited people to the church. You probably brought them with you, and, and they, you say, hey, well, we meet in CW, and they go, in the movie theater? You know, it's just a little bit different. But, you know, when you're here, you go, wow, it, which, we totally transformed this place. And, and when God's presence falls, it's church. Like, it's you and I. Church are people, whether we're meeting outside or meeting in a movie theater and, or in a, in a future facility. It's you and I being the body of Christ, and that's amazing. And so as you look at our story, though, uh, about four years ago, we purchased land uh, on Minton Row. We purchased just over eight acres, and that's an amazing spot, great place to be, a lot of growth and expansion in that area, in that region. And in fact, they, they plan on expanding that road not only from four lanes but to six in the future. So you talk about exposure for us as a church, like that's a great place to be. Uh, and then, you know, when we launched out and bought the land, we did a capital campaign uh, f to, to purchase the land with cash. And we said, you know, obviously, eventually, we're going to build a building on there. We don't want to just own land, uh, but we're going to build a facility on there. And so we did, uh, you know, a, a lot of fundraising and raised over a million dollars to do the land and begin the building. And, and we took out a mortgage to complete the building process. Then we shared, uh, gosh, it was about a year ago when we said we're going to do phase two of our building a legacy. And what we said was that would be the FF&E, the, the furniture, furnishings, equipment, and the AVNL, the audio, visual, and lighting, all the, all the stuff that goes inside the building. You know, so we launched out on that fundraiser, and we, we set our goal at $434,000 because uh, we knew that's what it would take to have all the stuff, all the things that, that we needed to have in the facility. So we launched out on that, and, and the thing that's amazing, we had a miraculous gift 
uh, a miraculous pledge where somebody said that they would give, do matching funds for every dollar that was given that they would match. And so what that did is instead of our goal being 434, what we had to raise, it cut it in half. So for us as a church, we said our goal is now $217,000. And so I wanted to give an update on where we are just as far as status and how much we've raised. And so uh, up, up to this point, we've had $122,000 given, which is amazing. Like, thank you so much uh, for you guys, you know, being so generous. And so the way the pledges work is, you know, everybody, some people made 12-month pledges a year ago, and then COVID hit, and we kind of shut that down a little bit, and then we relaunched it again, and, and several pe more people made pledges, so thank you so much for that. So there's $122,000 that are given. There's $54,000 that's still pledged to be given over the next 6 to 12 months. I know people set out different time frames uh, at which you would give, and so that, that means that there's $176,000 covered of the 217, and so that's awesome. That is amazing, and so that leaves us with just a little smidge left of $41,000 to raise over about the next six to eight months, and so we, we put out our pledge cards again. If you're new to Grace Church, or if you have not yet made a pledge uh, to the FF&E and the AVNL, we would ask that you would fill this out, that you would slip this uh, in one of the boxes or turn it in at the Connection Center. If you're watching online or you'd rather do this electronically, you can go to gracechurch.life and click on Building a Legacy and make your pledge there. And then we would just ask that you would pray about what you, know, what you would give and what God would have you give. I know just, just to share personally, Nicole and I actually re-updated our, our personal budget yesterday. And that's an awesome like, marriage meeting, right? You know, you're like, yes, uh, super exciting. Um, so we did that, and, and so we, but we talk about it. You know, whether you're a single person or, or, or a blended family or, you know, you, you, you raise your kids by yourself or, or you're married or wherever you're at in your phase of, of life, you know, we always encourage to take a look at your budget, know what's coming in. And so we would ask that you would tithe, that you would give to the church so that we would continue to do what God has for us. But then on top of that, that you would make a pledge and that you would begin giving towards the, the FF&E so, so we can have chairs and, and equipment for kids and uh, just all those things that it takes to, to run a ministry. And, and we've been fortunate to be here, so we have some of that, but there's some things we're going to have to purchase. And so over these you know, next six to eight months, we would ask that you'd make a pledge and start giving. Uh, so I, I, I just wanted to give everybody an update because that's amazing. Like that is absolutely incredible what God has done. And so let's take a moment right now and let's pray. Uh, let's pray over the pledges that, that we're going to make. Let's pray over this service. Let's pray over uh, the message and, and me. Like, I want to I preach God's word for you today, uh, something powerful that God has laid on my heart. And so let's pray. God, we come before you. And Father, we just want to honor you and bless you. Thank you so much that you are already here. Lord, we feel your Holy Spirit. Uh, we think thoughts about you, Lord. We, we feel your presence in our heart. And, and, and Lord, just in our spirit, that our spirit would resonate with you more than ever before. And Lord, as we uh, venture out and, and do this building process and, 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 and what that has for us, what you have for us, God, thank you so much that you're our provider. Lord, you have met every need along the way. You have met every goal, every, every dollar amount. You have done something amazing and incredible. And so we celebrate you for that. And so, Lord, as you continue uh, to, to, to finalize all this process, of Lord, I just thank you so much that you put resources in our hands that we can then give and be generous, uh, Lord, and, and that, that, that our church would continue to advance you, your name, your kingdom. And, Lord, that lost souls would be saved. 
in our area, in this region that we live. Lord, people would be, be baptized, that children would be dedicated, that marriages would be restored, that businesses would be blessed as a result of being connected with you. Lord, that's our heart. That's our desire. Lord, and I just thank you so much for the unity that you've brought among us as a church and among other churches in this region. Lord, it's very unique. Lord, we want to continue to advance you through churches and your body, your people. Lord, we love you so much. Would you bless us as we serve you and honor you? Lord, speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is uh, week four of our Radical Love series, and you know, anytime you launch out on a series and you call it Radical Love, you, uh, to me, you, you raise the level of expectation a little bit. It's, it's a big deal. And so I wanted to share with you where this idea, this concept of radical love came from for us to talk several weeks about it and what it looks like. And, and it's because over, about a month ago or, or two months ago, we, we rebranded Grace Church's vision statement. You know, we, we wanted to make some adjustments and, and really hone in our focus. And so we came up with a new vision statement as a staff, as a lead team. And, you know, we just discussed that there are bigger things in store for us. And so here's the Grace Church vision statement. And what it says is, is that Grace Church exists to transform the space coast with the radical love of Jesus. So we're about spiritual transformation in the area that we are, where we live. And so that's awesome. Like, yeah, so that's, that is good stuff. A great vision statement. It's big. It's audacious. And so we want to talk about radical love. What does radical love look like for you in your life, where you live, where you work, it just every part of us and who we are, what does it look like to have radical love that that continues to come out? That others might see Christ in us and they would experience spiritual transformation in their life. Whether it's beginning a relationship with Christ and following him or committing their life back to him because they, maybe they've gone their own way. And here's the thing that's incredible is God uses you and I to do that through the power of his Holy Spirit in the people that are around us every single day. And so for us as a church... Uh, man, I, I'll tell you, to, to say we want to have radical love, that's bold. And so to me, now more than ever, we have got to be reliant upon the Lord. If he's going to do something like that in us, then he, it has to be him working in us, in our lives, so that it comes out of our mouth. You know, it comes out of our actions and serving and putting others' needs before our own. That's hard. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm selfish. So when God says, love your neighbor as yourself, I'm like, dang, I got to love them that much. Because like, I, like I, sometimes I get selfish, and I, I want to be me-centered. And so like, that's a big deal. That's hard for me. Maybe not you, but man, I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out. So, so we, we just, as a church, we want that. We want that as, as, a, as, a, as a church body and for our, our individual lives. And so what we've done is we've made the declaration to launch out on 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so this is something that we've done over the last several years, and it has been powerful. And so starting tomorrow, February 1st, starting February 1st, we're asking that you would make a commitment and that you would fast and that you would pray. And every single day, we're going to be giving out uh, topics and, and scripture on things that you can be praying for. And, and man, I'll tell you what, I hope that you do this and that you have huge expectations Here's why. God gives us this mandate in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and he makes this declaration in Scripture. He says, Then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will restore their land. 
And so this is powerful. This is us. This is you and I humbling ourselves. And it, it, it says to pray, but absolutely in Scripture, so many times, prayer and fasting, we're joined together. So we're humbling ourselves. We're praying and fasting. And so when you look at our church, you know, obviously this is our birthday, and so I want to talk a little bit about Grace Church. And, and so we've experienced some success. And that's great. There are actually other pastors and other people that come and talk to us and, hey, how, do you, how did you do it? What, what's going on? You're like, what's the formula? What works? And we've had success for several reasons. And I, and, I, and I say these, you know, these are very big and broad and they're kind of expected, but you know, not all businesses or churches are, are run this way. So we, we just, we, do, we make this bold declaration that Jesus literally is the head of our church. Uh, for us as a pastoral staff, I mean, a lead team, just all the dream teamers, leaders. So literally on our org chart, Jesus is at the top. And so Jesus is the head of this church, and we are completely reliant upon the Holy Spirit, that he would work, that he would act, that he would speak in our lives so that that would continue to help us to take steps forward as a church. And then there's another piece that I love, just we have an authentic faith. And, and if you've been in Grace Church a little while, you know that there's a culture, like there's a feel that you have. So a lot of people say that we're so loving, we're so welcoming, that we, welcome, we bring you in it like family, and that's awesome. And then as a result of you being part of this, we want to go out there. And so there's our, our authentic faith is lived out every single day with our neighbors, you know, at work. And so that, that's why we've seen God continue to do awesome stuff. Uh, it's he's the head, and we have our authentic faith in our community, and there is absolutely a third piece to this, and it's our declaration and our desire to continue prayer and fasting, to, to say, God, we're going to humble ourselves, and we're willing to lay all other things aside, that we would fast, that we would deny ourselves, because we want you, God, we want you more than anything in our lives and in our church, and so we've placed this fasting as a spiritual discipline in our church corporately over the last several years you know and for me personally i fast every day every single day from midnight to 6 a.m like i fast sometimes 11 p.m like i'll start early you know and i'll fast and, and man i'll just I, like every day it's a part of my life and i'm so glad that you got that joke I was, <laughs> but so so seriously though the breakthrough that you're longing for just might come as a result of a lifestyle of fasting. It just might come as a result of you making a declaration that February 1st, I'm going to fast. Because over these last several years, and I would even say decades, the church has lost two very important attributes to it. One of them is fasting. The other, I feel, is accountability. I feel like for us as people, we, we have not adopted a fasting lifestyle and we don't have that true accountability in our lives where we have transparency and exposing the things in the areas where we're struggling. And so we know if, if, if we're following after Christ, and I know some of you are, I know some of you are here, you're just checking out Grace Church, maybe you're not yet a Christian and we're so glad that you're here. But for those of us that are following Christ, we hold him out as our example. We're like, we want to live like him. We want to model our lives after him. And here's the reality. Jesus fasted. That was part of his spiritual discipline. And he did it multiple times in his life and in his ministry. And I want to share one of them with you. It's Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness 
to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. I bet he was very hungry. There is no doubt. I mean, gosh, sometimes you and I miss a meal or two, and we just, we're, get, we're like distraught. We're just falling apart. And so Jesus, because of his dependency upon the Lord and wanting to do the Lord's will, ultimately, when you look at him as the son, he wanted the father's will to, to be portrayed and to happen in his life. And so when you look at these verses, though, when you and I are following after Jesus passionately, we can be led by the Spirit and still face significant challenges and struggles and spiritual battles. I mean, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Like, are you kidding me? You and I in our lives, we can be in the will of God and still face that battle, those temptations where the enemy is coming against us so strongly. And the the thing that I love about that is you and I, like we're warriors. God gives us the victory and he says, take heart, have courage, be strong, be courageous, persevere through the struggles that you're encountering and facing. And so we've got to continue to hold on to that. So even being led by the Spirit, we need to be fasting and we need to take those battles, those spiritual battles, and go at them head on. Because fasting truly, I believe with all my heart, is that fasting could bring that breakthrough, that victory, that that thing that you have been praying for, for a long time, for a little while, that fasting, I just, I believe it it breaks the the binds that that we're experiencing, that we're experiencing in our lives, it breaks down those barriers, but then there's there's a phrase that I read uh, many years ago about fasting, that it binds the hands of the enemy against us. And I'm just going, man, if I'm in a spiritual battle, I want to fight the person that has the handcuffs on. Because like, like, I, I got a chance. You know? and so, but you and I, like, we have more than a chance. We have Jesus, and we have the sword of the Spirit, and we can go after you know, the enemy just passionately. And so Jesus fasted for 40 days. We're just asking for 21 like, it's just over half, like, of what Jesus did. So, like, I hope that you can get on board, that you can do this. You know, because sometimes we have this misunderstanding about what fasting is. Uh, sometimes people will think, well, fasting is like penance, where we've got to pay for our sin. And that is not the case at all. In fact, it says very clearly in Scripture that Jesus paid for our sins already. And I'm so thankful, like, all the sins that I have committed, uh, that, that, that whether past present, and even future. Jesus is the one that paid for those. And that's incredible with his life, you know, with his death and and, and his beating and the crucifixion. And so fasting is not a punishment either. It's not God just trying to, you know, squelch us and push us down. It actually is an opportunity for us to live a surrendered lifestyle to bring us more fully into his presence and who he is. But it's not meant to be torture. So please don't think that. Like this is us moving in in the direction of being being fully dependent. The the first point I wanted to share with you is is fasting is declaring dependence. Dependence on God and who he is and and wanting him. And so how does fasting work? I just want to talk about a few different pieces of it. So when you look at us as a person, we have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. So with our body is, is our mind. And, and so we have our soul and our emotions, and we have our spirit. But the thing that's a challenge for us is we are born with a sinful nature. Because of the fall, 
uh, from Adam and Eve because of the initial sin. You know, we are now born with a sinful nature. But I, I just am so thankful that our spirit is made new. When we surrender to Christ, you can read about it in, in John chapter 3 in, in John's gospel where Jesus has this very cool conversation with a religious leader. And he says, hey, we've got to be born again. And the man goes, what are you talking about born again? It doesn't make sense. You can't be reborn from your mother. And Jesus is going, no, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about at all. This is a spiritual rebirth. And so we can live a spiritual rebirth with a surrendered lifestyle, Jesus being number one in our life. And I feel like one of the things that's so important is, as a result of that, now we follow him. I, I think there's plenty of things that we do as a result of experiencing salvation. So now I live a surrendered lifestyle. And if you have not yet professed Christ as your Savior, honestly, one of the best and most amazing things, and honestly, it's pretty easy, is to say, Jesus, I need you. Because we do. We need a Savior. We need our sins forgiven, the guilt and the shame removed. But then as a result of following him, that's a little bit more difficult, where we push our, our selfish nature aside, our mind, our body. And, and so that's just, that's what's the challenge. And so our spirit is made perfect. When it's reborn, or it's, it's perfect, it's holy, and that has to happen in order for us to have this amazing connection with a perfect heavenly father. He is holy. There is no imperfections at all. But when he looks at us through the lens of his son, because we now have put him at, at the primary focus of our lives, he now sees our perfection. And that's amazing. But you and I, we, we look at ourselves and we go, I am far from perfect. And so that's our sinful nature, but we get restored and, and renewed. But so that, I love that. That's the spiritual side of it. That's, so Jesus takes care of our spirit. <laughs> but our body and our emotions still have problems, don't they? I mean, let's be honest. Like, we just, we still have issues. And so our mind, like, you know, we think thoughts that we don't want to. We have impure thoughts. Our emotions will lead us astray. It will lead us towards fear and anger and, and, and cause us to make decisions that are wrong and inappropriate. And we don't even want to do them, but we find ourselves doing them anyway. And so that's when our body and our soul are actually dominating our spirit. And so those three things are constantly battling in us, like just us and who we are. And so the Bible refers to our body and our soul as our flesh. Uh, if you've read different verses in scripture, about, so it talks about our flesh, it talks about worldly things. And so things of this earth, like our flesh at one point in time will be done and, and die and our heart will stop beating. And, but our spirit is what lives forever. But so often we allow our flesh to dominate our lives and fasting puts our flesh and our soul under submission of our spirit let me give you an example of of a possible time when when your flesh has dominated so let's say let's say you come to church even today you know or a, a worship service in the past whether it's a retreat or a conference or something and and you can feel the holy spirit you probably have been in something like that before where you're going, man, this is real. There's something, like I can feel God's presence in my life. You know, maybe it's you are by yourself in your bedroom or you're going for, for a walk on the beach, but you're feeling God's presence. And it's amazing, right? You feel his love. You feel his embrace. You feel challenged. You're going, man, there's some things I need to change in my life, some adjustments. And, and, but you feel dialed in. You feel like you have this awesome connection with the Lord and you're encouraged by that. 
And then you leave the worship service, you leave church, and you go back to what you just thought you had victory over. Why is that? And so we, we're going, yes, like the, I'm, I'm going to have breakthrough. I feel the spirit. And we go back to a defeated lifestyle of which we just thought we overcome, had overcome. Why? That's our flesh. So we have this spiritual victory in this amazing moment with the Lord, and then our flesh wants to dominate again. And so it takes over and pushes us back to that place. And so what fasting does is fasting takes those worldly pleasures and pushes them aside, and it promotes our spirit the way that we want to have and experience that breakthrough. And so there's a couple of different things that we can do in fasting. And, and so one of them is, is, is a complete fast, where you just only have water. There's no nutrients, nothing that you're taking. There's no food. And I want to say this very clearly. You can do this. Uh, you know, when I talk about complete fast, people go, oh my gosh, like that's got to be so hard. Is, are there some challenges with it? Sure, no doubt. But man, I, I'll tell you what, you absolutely can do this. There, there, there is something in us as people that we can push through cer certain circumstances and face struggles and overcome. I mean, we can go beyond what we think we can. And that, you see that time and time again where we overcome things through the Lord. I mean, gosh, even if when you look at this from a military perspective, the reason they take people through basic training is because they try to break them down so they can build them back up so they can do more than they ever thought was possible. I mean, th so why, why can't we take that in our spiritual lives? That, that God might do something more and, and amazing. So you can do a complete fast. And so what you would experience, like just our body literally begins to change on day two and three where our metabolism will change. And, and, you know, as caffeine and sugar are leaving your body, your body's going to react and respond because and, we have addictions in our life. You know, we have physical addictions and food addiction. We have emotional addictions. When I feel sick, I want tomato soup. Why? Because my mommy gave me tomato soup when I was a kid and I got sick. So I have an emotional connection with tomato soup. That might be silly, but that's, that's exactly what we're talking about. What is it that you go to when you're feeling discomfort or you're feeling chaotic, what is it that you lean in towards? I don't know what it is. It could be smoking. It could be alcohol. It could be ice cream. I, 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 like, I don't know. But I'll, I know for a fact that we have got to fast, maybe a complete fast, push away certain things in our life. I mean, many of us, we've got to push away alcohol for, for this period of time. So maybe it's a total fast for you. Maybe it's a partial fast. And so what a partial fast is, is where you do, uh, you know, maybe just food, uh, you just do water for a certain period of time, or you do some smoothies or something like that. Or, or, and and if, you, if you are a, a person that does physical labor as a profession, then, you know, it, it, is, it's, it would be extremely challenging to do a total fast for an extended period of time. But you could possibly do a partial fast. Right? You, you could absolutely do, uh, do that. One of the types of fasting I've heard of before for partial fast is to do a sunup to sundown, right? where you say, God, just during my, my daylight hours, I'm going to fast. I'm going to do a partial fast for you, uh, for, for you to connect with you. And then it's funny, though. I, I always think of, yeah, you know, and, and then we're watching the sun go down and break the horizon with a, with a hamburger in our, in our hand, and we're just waiting for that sun. So, so I, that, that, that's funny to me. But, um, you know, so just every single day, we just, we're, we're fasting. We're, we're denying ourselves. You know, one of the ones in Scripture is called a Daniel fast. 
Uh, and I want to share these verses with you. This is Daniel chapter 1, verse 12, where Daniel makes this de- declaration. While, he, while he's in captivity in Babylon, he doesn't want to partake in, in the inappropriate foods that are sacrificed to idols. So he, so he tells you know, the, the, the king of the, the, the court leader that he says, I, w- I want to I do a different type of diet. So Daniel chapter 1, verse 12 says this. Daniel's saying, please test us for 10 days. So maybe part of your 21 days, you say, I'm going to do 10 days of a Daniel fast. I want to I wanna have a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. And at the end of 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better, better nourished than the younger men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. And so I, I just, we're going to do 21 total days. And I need you to ask God. I need you to go before the Lord and say, God, what is it? What do you have for me? What in my life is a stronghold and that I'm addicted to and I need to push out? And I need you to experience, to bring this breakthrough. So what is it? Is it a total fast, partial fast, Daniel fast? And, you know, so the, the whole idea, though, is where you and I, we are denying ourselves worldly pleasures and things that we long for and desire because they pull us away from the righteousness that we long for in our life. And I want to share this with all of you that are parents. Kids can fast too. Your kids can be part of this. You teach them. You explain them. You show them what it is they're doing. Now, obviously, you've got to be smart and regarding you know, food and, and consumption, of course. You know, and if you have some physical limitations or medical limitations, then you've got to talk to your doctor if you're willing to do this. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, kids can fast. What is it? If you bring your teenagers, your elementary students into this conversation, what is it that they can push aside for a certain period of time? Absolutely. Because, you know, if, if we're desperate we seek out answers. We do research. We, we pursue something. And so I would just say, if you're desperate for the Lord, this is something that we can implement and do. And I'll, I'll tell you what, if you're at a place in your life where you're facing a crossroads or a transition or you're needing to make some type of decision, I can't think of anything else than to suggest that you take on a fasting lifestyle and, and, and say, all right, God, I'm going to do this and, and pursue after you. And so I know there was a time in in mine and Nicole's relationship when we had, when we had reached a crossroads. Uh, and it was while we were in college. We had come to the point where we were trying to decide if we were going to get married or not. We had been friends for a little while. We had dated for over a year. And we're having conversations, you know, and talking about meeting each other's families and stuff. Big deal. And so we wanted to make sure. Because we knew that God had put a calling on our lives uh, you know, separately. And so it was like, okay, is God joining our calling together to continue to move forward? And so we wanted to make sure without a doubt. So what we did is we fasted for three days uh, while we were in college. Uh, we said, all right, we're, we're, we've got to hear from God. We've got to make sure about this. So we fasted from food and from each other for three days. To- total disconnection from one another, so that we could be dialed in and hear from the Lord. And so we told our roommates, you know, while we were in college, we said, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it, so they could hold us accountable. 
So when I when I'm like, uh, man, I'm hungry. Like I would love a cheeseburger. My my buddy be like, bro, it's all right. Like you can make it through. Here's a gl- another glass of water. You know. And so, but we did that. We told our roommates because it was so important to us that we wanted to hear from the Lord. And the reason we picked three three days, you know, there's multiple time frames that you can do it. But you know, so in kind of moving in direction of taking our relationship and putting it on the altar before God. We did three days in alignment with Genesis 22 where, where Abraham was, was spoken to by God and saying, hey, I want you to, to take your only son Isaac and lay him on the altar. And then Isaac and Abraham traveled for three days uh, to the mountain to where, where, where Abraham was going to put Isaac on the, on the altar and did. But God said, no, 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 no. There's another alternate, and, and we now know that that is, is Jesus. You know, Abraham was willing to sacrifice his only son, but a substitute was given, and so God is the same way. And so for us, I was like, you know, let's do three days. Let's take our relationship, and let's set it on the altar, and let's see if God just wants to burn it down, or he wants to bring in, you know, another option and bring us back together. And so obviously, you know, you know we, we did that, and man, God spoke. God spoke with our humility, with our desire to hear from him. It, you know, he just, it, it, it was undeniable at that point. And so if you're at a place in your life where you've got to make a decision, don't you want to know for sure? We all do, every single day. And so what if part of that is where we deny ourselves and we go before the Lord? And so I just want to pause and, and speak about the, you know, the relationship side that Nicole and I experienced. So if you're a young man or you're a young lady, or you're a single mom, single dad, you know, uh, you know, divorced, and and you're seeking somebody, or you're look, man, I'll tell you what, this is exactly the reason to be fasting, to be going after the Lord. I can't promise that you'll get married, like I can't do that, but I can tell you, God will speak. Like if if we put ourselves in a place of humility, God just is drawn to that. You might not hear God speak to you directly. In, in while in those fasting moments, and, and sometimes, you know, I'll fast, and I don't hear anything. I'm going, God, come on, like, what's the deal? Like, I'm doing this for you, and, and I get a little bit self-righteous in that. Sorry, uh, I'm human. And so I, but then afterwards, God just kind of opens things up, and I'm going, oh, you know, I don't see it in the moment, but later. So, man, I, if, if we are reliant upon the Lord, he will show us. So we need to declare our dependence upon him. And this is a great verse of scripture in Ephesians 3.20. It says, the reason we do this is because so all glory can go to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I want that in my life. I want that for you in your life that we together might experience infinitely more than God would think is possible. And so for me, I need to fast. I can't do this. Believe me, leading a church is well beyond my capabilities. If I were to do it in my own strength and ability, we wouldn't be here. This bad boy would be shut down a long time ago. This is so far beyond me. And so I need to fast. And, and I, you probably do as well. And so my prayer for you is that you would be in over your head. That you would be so far into what God has for you that you're looking around and you're going, there is no way that I can do this, God. Nothing, like, in no way. Why in the world would you pick me to do that? That's what I want for you. Where you're just, be- like, you're going, God, I've got to have you. I'm so desperate for your spirit. 
God, I need you in my personal life. I need a miracle in my marriage. I need you to save my kids. I need you to bless my business because right now it's so hard. Are you to that place? I mean, and, and, and if you're not, like, praise God, that's amazing. I'm glad that you're in that season. But I'll tell you what, I hope that God puts something on your heart that you go, oh my gosh, how in the world am I supposed to be part of human trafficking in the Melbourne area? Why, God, did you put that on my heart? And you can't let it go. That's my heart. That's my prayer for you, that you would declare to the Lord how much you need him. The second thing I want to share with you is fasting also brings freedom from bondage. Uh, And so Jesus said this in Luke 4, verse 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has... He sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free. So we're praying for this, right? We're making a declaration that we need the Lord, and we're fasting. We want freedom from the bondage that we have. I would dare say that most, if not all of us, have some type of addiction in our life. And many times when we look at addictions, we go, okay, alcohol, drugs, smoking, we we see those as chemical addictions, but there are other addictions that we have in our life that we are, we struggle to shake. I mean, overeating, emotional addictions, fear and worry, where we constantly go to a place of worry instead of trust and faith in the Lord. So like we, we need to be set free. We have, there are bonds in our life that are holding us back and holding us down and fasting is going to break those bonds in your life and God's going to do something amazing. And so we're going to have blessings instead of bondage. And the third point I want to share with you is that we will have victory. Uh, We will have victory in Jesus' name. And this comes from Joel chapter 1, verse 14. Uh, So Joel makes this declaration as a prophet. He says, announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him there. And so I'm doing this. We want victory in our personal lives, and we want victory as a church for our community. To bring radical transformation to a community is going to take a great move of God and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so for me as the lead pastor, I get to declare that we corporately as a church, are, are, I'm calling us to a fast. 21 days. You got the rest of today to figure it out up here and emotionally because we're going to start tomorrow. So I would just ask that you go before the Lord, that you would pray, that you would seek his face, humble yourself, that you would declare your need for him, that to see the bonds break in your life so that we could have the victory, not only in our lives, but the, our neighbors, like the, 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 the person at work, they need Jesus. And God sent you to be that for them. And we can only do that through him working through us. And so that victory comes. And so I declare this fast for us in the Grace Church. 21 days and so I want to pray over you and then we'll take communion together. Uh, Lord God we just declare that you are number one you are awesome, you're amazing. God thank you for your words, thank you for your scripture it's powerful, like it's, it's like a two edged sword and so Father right now would you do something amazing that you would cut in deep in us Lord and we just acknowledge we need this Lord and we know there's going to be challenges, there's going to be struggles along the way but Lord would you bring perseverance Would you bring victory? Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would do something amazing and miraculous in our life. We need you to show up. And God, those people that you've placed on our heart, that ministry, that opportunity that you've laid before us, 
we now will humble ourselves and ask that you would move in a great way. Lord, you're preparing. Behold, you will do a new thing. And we're so excited that we get to be a part of it. Lord, that we would fast and pray before you and honor you. In Jesus' name.